0: Welcome to Thinking with Dr. Barry Whitney. This podcast series is compiled from Dr. Whitney's university class entitled Justifying Beliefs. The thesis of this class is that we all hold beliefs, and no matter what they are or how deeply we adhere to them, we owe it to ourselves to apply rational testing of our beliefs in order to aim to justify them. This class takes us along that journey, perhaps for the first time or more deeply. For further insights and materials mentioned in this series, please refer to the resource page on Facebook entitled, Thinking with Dr. Barry Whitney. Oh yeah, this one's good. Here's a skeptical attitude in this culture, but these are such gems. You want to see bad arguments so we can form good ones later. Another one would be, because there are different versions of the truth. This is postmodernism with a vengeance again. This is what the culture believes. Because you have your version of truth, your belief, and I have mine, and in this room there's probably 50 different versions, if not 100 different versions of what we believe is true. The conclusion is, because there are all these different versions of truth, all these different beliefs, none of them, none of them can be right. Because, like, quite frankly, think of you're sitting in, in a courtroom, and the judge is asking, well, what do you, what do you believe about what happened, and what's your testimony about what happened? If they're all contradictory, usually that's thrown out of court. It sounds like there's an argument here. The answer to that one just might be, however, it's possible that everybody is wrong, but it's also possible that one or more could be right in certain things. Like right. We might share some ethical views that are right. It could be that one is right. I don't know why we exclude the fact that one version might be right. We used to think that the world was flat. Now we think it's round or egg-shaped. Like, you know, it's it, there is a truth. This is the sad fact. This is what post-modern, present-day culture denies. I just said it. There is a truth. Postmodernism says there isn't a truth because we have all these different versions, and they're all just subjective. In other words, I just made them up, or this is what I feel. So this is, what... but it's possible. It's it's an illogical argument. It's, it's a non sequitur again. It's a fallacy to say because there are di- various versions of the truth, none are true. That does not follow. There are various versions of the truth. What follows is one might be right, all might be wrong. And quite frankly, I think postmodernism, at its best says because there are various versions of the truth, we're all wrong. Like because we all think we're right and we contradict each other, we must all be wrong. I, I'm saying at its best because it just shows that it, it ignores the fact that it's possible there's a world up there. It's possible that there actually is a truth. In another class, I ordered a book called The Death of Truth. Unfortunately, the book no longer has Canadian rights. It's a big tragedy because that book goes through, this is for the 100 course, it goes through each and every discipline and tries to make a case of how postmodernism has taken over that discipline. The death of truth is really the catchphrase for our culture. We no longer believe in an objective truth. And so we argue because we all have different versions. They're either all right, which is a logical contradiction, or they're all wrong, which really doesn't follow because one could be right. It's a very strange way to argue. We, we basically dispense with logic. That's why I'm trying to bring it back here so at least you're aware of the fact that it doesn't hurt. And in fact, it's a, it's a good thing to use our minds and our evidences like they do in science. Science is a good method. Um, uh, despite scientism that thinks it's the only method and the only truth, I think it's the best method. Use logic and rationality and evidence. And be and testing. Like instead of nothing in religion or else we're going to be outsiders for the rest of our lives in this culture. Um, you have to love this one. There's no point in trying to justify our belief because God of course is completely other, wholly other. Just beyond comprehension. Because I can't tell you how many people believe that. Like what can we possibly say about God? We're miserable little specks. If there is a God, the argument goes, What can we know about? God is huge and immense and spiritual and incomprehensible. You know, what that argument does though is, is basically slap in the face about 50%, 56% of the, of the world, which are the theists, and probably just about everybody else who's spiritual. God, we believe in religion, can. It's not that we can know everything about God, is it, or, or nothing about God. There's lots of room in between. Be- 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 besides, we can know nothing because God is completely incomprehensible, or we can know something, uh, nothing, or, or, or everything. Somewhere in between is a something, and we in theology believe in theism, believe that God has revealed through scriptures some knowledge of that Himself. We don't we don't find that a problem. I can hold my head up and say that. That's the theistic belief that besides scientific knowledge, we believe in revelation. We believe that there's another way to know um, besides just scientific information. So, when someone says, you can't know anything about God, you have no business trying to justify belief, you can't, you can't justify religious belief. Sure you can. We don't know everything there is to know about God, but surely we know something. See, the bias against theism is, again, naturalism, That is the ruling philosophy of the university, the media of the day. It's been around a hundred years or more. Started with, actually, back in Galileo and Newton, and it's just huge now. Naturalism, basically, is that everything has to be explained scientifically through natural causes as opposed to supernatural causes. So, what I'm saying is, when a naturalist, If that's you, that's all right. Just recognize who you are. If you really believe, I only believe what I can see, taste, smell, touch, the five senses that feed the reason. I'm a naturalist. Say that, if that's what you are. Of course, of course you're going to say, how can you possibly know anything about God then? Because naturalism rules out knowledge of God. It's a non-sequitur. It's a non-starter. They can't talk about God because they're saying... If God is spiritual, we can say nothing about God. All we believe in is what's physical. That's all we talk about. So, I am saying, Wade is right. When, when you hear these skeptics say, we can't do anything to justify beliefs because we can't possibly know anything about God, that follows only if you're a naturalist. Only if you don't believe in God to start with. So, there's some presuppositions getting in the way here. That doesn't affect the theist that doesn't affect someone who believes in the spiritual. Because then we would know that we have spiritual feelings, we have religious feelings, revelations, texts, like Bibles, Quran. We believe that God has communicated. A naturalist doesn't. So this is a naturalistic argument. You can't know anything about God. Basically what it's saying is, you can't know anything about God scientifically by our scientific method, our naturalistic assumption. So you can't know anything at all. Well, my answer is, you're right, I can't know God through your method, but I know God through revelation. And I actually know God a little bit through your method, but that's another story at another time. There actually is some scientific evidence called, you know, the anthropic principle, among other things. That's six, six different examples, and I just, I, I don't have names for all of those, like I can't assign a fallacy to each and every one, but a lot of them just don't follow see that last one's a very good case and this has to be said in this class um, we talk about worldviews now the theistic worldview the naturalistic the secular belief they all have presuppositions theists start and if if you believe in god this this argument that there is no evidence for god doesn't make sense cuz you know there's evidence for god you've experienced god or you or you believe in the bible or the quran or some other scripture but if you're a naturalist, if that's your presupposition, then this last sixth argument makes sense. Uh, like it, it. So the point here is that depending on what you bring to the argument, it's immense. Despite all these tests, despite all the evidence, despite all the coherence we're looking for and might find it for this belief or for that belief, it all comes down to whether you have a bias for or against it. And when I mean bias, I mean the the objective word. We all have presuppositions. A lot of people walk around with the presupposition that there is a God, so we're open to the evidence. Other people walk around with the presupposition that there isn't a God, and they're not open to the evidence, and they don't see it. It's that simple. And I didn't make that up. Blaise Pascal made that up in the 1600s. Pascal basically said, it's not the evidence that's the problem. It's the attitude of people that's the problem. There's an emotional aspect in all of us. You can see that. And this is why we want to study beliefs and and try to do it logically so we can actually get through these biases and presuppositions and examine them. We never do that. That's why they're called presuppositions. What that means is unargued starting points. That's a presupposition, right? It's just something that you believe without any evidence. You just This is where you start. I believe in God, and therefore I'm going to look at the evidence differently than somebody who starts with, I don't believe in God. Once we start looking at those presuppositions and become aware of them, then we might be a little more open to other people. Both ways. Like, I try to be open to atheists. I I, I read their arguments. I understand their presuppositions. I want to see, though, how logical and rational their arguments are. And sometimes you can make a pretty good case. Um, this is why, by the way, you can have a belief that's completely coherent. Like all the parts fit together. Te- theoretically, but it's coherent. And yet it still could be false. Like ultimately, coherence isn't the only test. Like atheism can have a form of atheism like, skepticism, no belief in God, that's completely coherent. Everything they say doesn't contradict anything else they say. But if you have a different set of presuppositions, it doesn't work. Like, you know, like, it doesn't work. I can, it, the trick is to understand what our presuppositions are, so that we can understand each other. God knows we're in this multicultural, multi-religious, multi-spiritual society. And all of us who are spiritual are being bombarded by the secularism in this culture and we need anything we can do to fight back. Because you shouldn't have to take a second class seat just because you believe in something spiritual. Despite the fact that the media will protest and the academics will ridicule. There's something wrong. Enemies of apologetic engagement. Two things. First of all, he's saying there are arguments against doing apologetics, enemies of of trying to justify religious beliefs. And we should be aware of them because, you know what they are? Instead of arguments, I think they're excuses not to have to go through the ordeal of justifying our beliefs. Most of us are saying, I believe this, despite the sire book last week telling you your beliefs are caused and you had no control over them, but now it's time to think about them. We're old enough to think about them now and they're important enough, Um, Gruthuis is saying that we are always looking for excuses in this culture, and by the way, he's talking about Christians. He's not talking... I mean, you could assume he's talking about everybody, but he's really just chastising the Christians in this culture. He's writing to them, and like I'm saying, it's a, it applies to everybody, for not being involved in a little more rational thinking. Like... The, instead of acting like blind sheep, thinking that this is what we've always believed, this is what I believe, I'm comfortable with it. But I don't have to think about it, though. I don't have to justify it. I know very few churches, if any, that take the trouble to justify their beliefs. There actually is one down the road, the, the Campbell Baptist, I think, started some courses in um, apologetics for their people. And that that's mind-boggling. that Somebody would actually think, like this justifying our beliefs... The reason isn't that we didn't have to do it, you know. For the first 1,500 years of Christianity, we didn't have to justify our beliefs all that much. Yes, there were the Greeks in the first century, and the and the Jews uh, and the Christians broke away from the Jewish religion, started their own, you know. You know the story, and they had to fight off the Greeks. And then in the Middle Ages, it was, you know, the Islam began, and there was some dialogue and some arguments going on there that still go on. Now in this culture, though. Everything calmed down a bit until this culture, uh, started by saying that nobody has the truth and science in the last 400 years has been giving us a worldview, a belief system that doesn't have God in the picture. So if Christians and Muslims and people who are spiritual in any sense want to, want to justify their belief in God, they have to do so against this scientific, uh, naturalism and skepticism that's rampant in this culture and like I say dominates the media and education why don't people respond what's wrong with us why why don't we do something like are we that lethargic and passive and apathetic he tries to understand it God knows I have too it's very hard to figure out my, my simple explanation is most people don't have time yeah it's okay for me 80 hours a week I'm a professional theologian that's what I do But what do you do with your time? Like, how how many hours a week does this class get? Like, Two, three? You haven't got time to do this. Despite my plea that this is probably the most important facet of our lives, our beliefs, our religious beliefs. Well, Gruthowitz gives you some, for instance, number one, maybe it's just, there's an indifference in this society to defending beliefs. It's probably, I'm going to add, it, it may be fear, it may be intimidation. Um, like, how many people can actually stand up in a class anywhere, or, you know, talking to a group of whatever, and, and try to defend the religious belief? I know people do it, but it's very uncommon. The majority of people are just indifferent, either because the educational system, the culture at large, the media, literature, song, all of that stuff seems to encourage, keep your mouth shut, be indifferent. Find something to do, entertain yourself, but defending a belief seems like it's intolerant, it's 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 like nobody wants to hear it. It, it, it. There's an indifference that's rampant. That's an enemy of justifying religious belief. You'll find this simple little article written by this very, very clever PhD, it's quite informative. It it, it has a depth to it that's deceptive he says there's secondly besides indifference in this culture there's an irrationalism that 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 we all know about that's postmodernism it doesn't stress reason and evidence and faith we're encouraged to experience to to and, and not to think too much but just to just to experience and feel we're not encouraged to think and and, and reason and it, I, I, I've mentioned this before, but you know, it's cost us in this culture a, a, a heavy price for that attitude. Uh, McDonnell University, McLight University, sometimes we're called, uh, not not Windsor, but all of them. Um, Jay walking on, on, you know, when he, Jay Leno asked people about basic questions, every poll, every book I've ever read where they where they get to this issue about the, quote, dumbing down of America or the dumbing down of culture, I mean, there's, there's a pathetic situation going on out here where we're no longer interested in an educational system to learn basic facts about basic things anymore. Peter Creep says, the guy who wrote our textbook, in an article that I'm using in the other class, he says, I hope it's not true, but I, I have a feeling it may be, this is the first generation that is less educated than the former one in human history, at least in the history that we know about. You're being robbed of an education because people don't, I mean, what, what era within 500 years did Christopher Columbus live? Uh, how many, how many, you know, how long does it take the earth to revolve around the sun? Now, if you know the answers to these questions, you're way ahead of the average. The average person has no clue about most basic facts. We're the elite here. We're the university trained, so you probably do. But every time I see that Jay Leno stuff, and it's been years now, unfortunately, when he's interviewing college graduates, and they don't know how many lungs are in your body, or how many hearts you have, and, 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 I mean, seriously, how many moons there are in the sky. Like, there, there's some seriously stupid people out there. There's a dumbing down of culture. And that dumbing down comes from a lack of interest in justifying anything. And, you know, even the great discipline of science now focuses on the pragmatic value of theories rather than whether or not the theory is true. They don't care if it's true because they know they can't figure that. They won't know if it's true at the quantum level. We've had a hundred years of science now dealing with things we can't see. So they basically say, we're concerned with whether it works. The truth question, we'll do what we can with the evidence, in, but... That's not our question anymore. We just want to know whether it works. Every single discipline has denied truth. It's a long story, but uh, there's an irrationalism, an anti-rationalism that that's rampant. It's, another word for that is just faithism or experientialism. It's experience. If you look at the people who who deliver the news, it's sound bites. There's very little that's in depth you know, quite frankly, there are almost no great authors in this country, like in this culture. There used to be the Wordsworths and the Byron's and the and the Einsteins and like there were there were some major figures. But this culture is down the superficiality of this culture in the writing of books is just mind boggling bad. I mean everybody can write them now. Um everybody can sell them now. You can write your own and publish your own now and, and this is not a good thing. Because most of it is trivial, trivial, trivial stuff compared to past ages. There has been a dumbing down of this culture. It's not your fault. It's my generation's fault. We have been lax in teaching you basics because we've been so committed to the fact that if little Johnny's just come in from some island in the South Pacific, I guess we can cancel the course on Canadian history and, and we'll just devote the next six weeks to little Johnny's island in the South, South Pacific. Now there's only 24 hours in a day and seven days in a week, and what we choose to study in these in this short time in, from grades one to 12 is very limited. And we've been so bloody just obsessed with getting everybody's viewpoint involved that I don't think we have a coherent understanding of the culture. Most Americans can't identify George Washington any uh, any more than, than than he was the first president. If you say, oh, tell me something more, nothing. Jefferson? Just basic American history they don't know. Do you know anything about John A. McDonald except the fact that he was the first prime minister and a drunk? Like, I mean, is there anything more to know? What else is? We don't know anything more than that. Like, our education is really disgusting. And it's because we're trying to cover everybody's little private truth claim. Educational theory is, it, is not learning facts, important facts. It's now social history. It's all kinds of things. What did, what was music like in the, in the, in, from the 1340s to 1342? People get grants for that. I just die when I see the newspaper reporting, Canada Council grants to professors. Somebody's going to study the migration of this little caterpillar, you know, on the Galapagos Islands from 1532 to 1535. Who cares? Like, there are more important things in life. They're getting gallons of money, of taxpayers' money, of valuable money that should be going into curing cancer for pizza. We are so obsessed with everybody getting a voice that we've lost track that the country's politics, the country's geography, the world politics, world geography, world religion, we're clueless. Absolutely clueless. And, and it's, 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 it's an irrationalism that, that, that leaves us you know, there's a cultural illiteracy in religion as well as everything else, but in religion, even among people who are in church every Sunday morning, like the super-religious. Most of them don't know that Isaiah is not New Testament. Like, it's that bad. Or who was the main writer of the Psalms? Or like, just within a thousand years, when did Isaiah live? Just in a thousand years. Not even close. Just a rough estimate. Haven't got a clue. There's something seriously wrong with education. It's an irrationalism that reason and knowing facts doesn't matter in this culture. This is an enemy of what we're trying to do because I feel, I feel, and I'm entertained, and I feel good, or I'm looking for feelings. Some people just go from one high to another. It's not life. It's entertainment. Pascal in the 1600s said that we spend most of our lives looking for ways to avoid thinking about ultimate questions. And I think he's right. How many times do you actually sit down, like we're doing in this class, and these religion classes, we're trying to focus on what's true. Is there a God or not? What's the evidence? Is it rational? Is it coherent? Does it, what are the arguments against it? Like, how many times do we do that in this culture? Almost none. Almost none. And pretty soon when I'm gone, like a few years, there won't be any. None. This university will have nothing left. Um, and that's a crime for your brothers and sisters coming along down down the road. I still have quite a few years to go, but it's a finite amount of time. There are, I mean, this. If if we're so illiterate about religion, how can we understand anything about our lives and about each other? And it's just pure multiculturalism, and everybody just feels their own truth, and no one has any idea what every anyone else believes. Really so there's an irrationalism that's encouraged, an indifference that's encouraged. You know, the third one is probably valid. I mean, without controversy, there's just, most of us just aren't aware. There's an ignorance of the evidence, that there is evidence for, for, for beliefs that are true. I'm saying if it's true, there will be evidence. If it isn't true, likely you won't find any evidence. It doesn't mean that evidence is the be all and end all of everything, but to sit there and say, I'm happy being a Scientologist. I'm, I, I'm, I'm at Thesbin and I'm, I'm, I'm gonna eventually go back to the ultimate reality of the mothership. You know, I'm gonna get myself deprogrammed. It's gonna cost me eight million dollars a day, but I'm gonna do it. Like, get the evidence. Look at what's out there or else, why do we spend so much of our time believing something? We don't have any idea whether there's evidence or not. If it's true, it shouldn't scare you to look for evidence. If it isn't true, you should be terrified because you may not find anything. That's probably what it's all about. Thank you for listening. We invite you to join us for the next episode as the journey of justifying beliefs continues.